Welcome back to the After Dark Podcast, where we debate topics that are none of our business. It's your boy, Mike. We got Sterling here. We got Chad back in the house, and we've got a jam-packed show for you guys tonight. But before that, we just want to say thank you for all the love and support on the first video. Uh, It really means a lot to us. The goal of this podcast is to have a community discussion. So if you hear something you like, drop a comment down low. If you hear something you don't like, drop that too, because I promise you, we don't know at all. All right. (laughs) Like and subscribe as well. Once again, thank you, and we love you guys. Now, fellas, how y'all feeling today? Yep. Oh, I'm good. I just woke up from a nap. I'm feeling all right, man. Uh, I'm feeling all right. I'm not fantastic, but I'm I'm doing, I'm I'm moving. I'm moving, making it work. I'm looking at the topics on the dock, and I guess the better question would be, what's the vibe tonight? Because we can either get messy or we can keep it clean, but to be honest, I could probably get a little messy tonight. It's my first time back. I want to no. debate something. Let's debate something. Sterling, try to get messy? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, that's what we're here for anyway. All right. Let's, let's start off and let's just, get, let's just start off and get really messy. So, last week, DJ Academics had a live poll on his Twitch for the baddest girl in hip-hop. And to our surprise, Ice Spice was killing the game. She was beating at people like SZA. She was beating Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, Ruby Rose, and others. So our question is, is Ice Spice really the baddest chick on the block? Or is she just the newest shiny thing? Sterling, I'll start with you. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, I like, like you said, I mean, when it comes to Ice Spice, I, I, I had a few notes I had wrote down just because I took a second to look at DJ Academic Stream and kind of what he was talking about. And, and honestly, man, I think at the end of the day, right now she's just riding like a clout wave. And and that's really what I feel like she's getting most of that like love from. Like, like he said, though, if you watch back the video, and, we, and like, we'll try to link the video below if y'all haven't looked at it. Actually, we ain't going to do that. Y'all can look it up yourself. But... Um, <laughs> At the at the end of the day, she's sitting here and she's riding like a crazy cloud wave. Like this man Drake flew her out. Like all this mess, she got the da 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 on the on Dag on Twitter, like or uh, TikTok. She's doing everything. But like for me, like one of the things that DJ Academic said, which I agree with to a uh, to some point, is that like the reason I people are like lusting over her, like guys are lusting over her so much, is the simple fact that like she's just like a a normal like not necessarily a normal girl but she's like a slightly above average normal girl you could actually see in a regular day versus somebody like a lotto or a sweetie where they got the kind of like the build of bodies like and that's no offense to them because i think they're beautiful women as well but like at the same time like that's where the, i i agree i agree with where i can see where the chat goes but my personal opinion bro i mean i, I ain't gonna lie to you like I mean, you show me, you show me Ruby Rose, but like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a stand for Sweetie. I ain't gonna lie to you. That's just how, that's just how I feel. Um, but she ain't on the same clout wave as Ice Spice is right now, so people aren't gonna think about her as much. It's all about recency bias when it comes to the hip hop game, and we know that. So that's my take on it. I kind of let you roll into something. What well, you guys' thoughts on it? Yeah. So. Mike Sterling said he kind of gave away my drop right there, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Ruby Rose is the baddest in the game for me. And I, I understand what you're saying about Ice Spice, and I get it too. I think she is like the new chick on the block. She's got the hottest song out, number three song on Billboard right now. 
She's got the little orange afro. It's new. We ain't never seen nothing like that. And she's natural. We like the little yams that shake. You know what I'm saying? If they stay in the same spot, then sometimes, you know, that might turn us off. But, <clears throat> sweetie, I don't know, man. It's the personality for me. I feel like we've seen her in interviews. We've seen her, you know, talk down on Quavo. Allegedly, allegedly, uh, is the reason why the Migos broke up with the whole offset allegations and stuff of that nature. For me, that kind of just turned me off, and I think that all adds in. The personality is part of the attractiveness. But Ruby Rose, Ruby Rose, yeah, she is Ruby Rose. <laughs> She's got the yams. She's thick, yo. And she just, she looks like a little natural girl. I like the way she moves. Now, she ain't got the clout as some of the other girls. But remember, we're only talking about if this chick is bad. And I just think that she's got the naturalness, but she looks like she ain't natural. It's wild. It's crazy. I love it. Check her Instagram out. And remember, it's Ruby, R-U-B-I, because these guys are talking about R-U-B-Y. No, no, no. R-U-B-I Rose. That's the one I'm talking about. But, Chad, who you think is the baddest in the game? Okay, Michael, I got to just prove you a little bit here. You say baddest in the game. We can't just throw out the baddest if they're not in the game. <laughs> Give me a Ruby Rose song. Like, what, what fucking, what game is she in? <laughs> She's not in the game. I have no clue who this person is. It took you to show me your Instagram to know who she is because she has no good music out there. So my thought has to go to SZA. Uh... You know, I liked her a little better before the work was done. You know, like you said, there's something a little great about being natural. But even after the work, she's still SZA. She's still beautiful. And, you know, I know there's that whole conspiracy that SZA's a habitual liar and whatnot. <laughs> but, like, you know, I got to I gotta throw it to her. The afro does it for me. It's the, the afro's sick. Uh, the voice is sick. The music is sick. Uh... She can let all of her hair down and let me lay in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, look. Sterling, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you go. No, I mean, like, at, at the end of the day, like, you, you kind of have to put – you have to put it in a bit of perspective, right? Because, like, we're all every, – everybody knows beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Like, just simple facts. Like, there's obviously objectively good-looking people, men and women, or whatever gender you, you, you are. Um, and – that's just kind of how the world works. But when it comes down to like what Chad said, I mean, I mean, you got her. I mean, he's kind of right. <laughs> I mean, it, when it comes down to it, she's really not in the game. I just, I just actually, while we were sitting here, I typed in Ruby Rose songs just to see, you know, um, and I obviously see like, I like, I feel like I like is her most popular um, that I'm seeing here at 45 point. Six million views right now on YouTube and then you know everything else is like the song Loyal Dick which is uh, something interesting to talk about and then Pogo with K-Camp like in 2020 when K-Camp was irrelevant by the, by the year 2016 or 2017 I should say so I, I mean my girl that I said is still in the game to some degree obviously SZA just dropped an album that every girl on the planet is resonating with like it's kind of hard to put Ruby Rose. I mean, not saying she's not a beautiful woman, because they're all beautiful. But, like, she ain't in the game. And I'm going to have to agree with Chad on this. I ain't going to lie to you, man. So, 
I mean, you got to stake your claim on that. Nah, nah, nah. Let me go ahead and shut all this down. So Sterling said, Sweetie's in the game. Sweetie ain't in no game but having the worst McDonald's meal to ever drop. That shit was nothing. So let's not talk about no Sweetie. Sweetie's whole game was Quavo. Quavo ended that, took the Bentley back. I don't know what she's driving these days, but it ain't Quavo's Bentley. She's no longer in the game. She's irrelevant. I know she's bad. She's, she came out the game. We all liked her, but... She's not the she's not the innocent little girl that we all wanted. She's just she's just not. She's over here. She's talking on these reckless claims. Now SZA is in the game, and I don't really have nothing to put down on her uh, attribute to the game because she's an amazing artist. She makes amazing music. I love her music. But come on, I saw that Instagram, and I saw when Sterling was looking at it, and when he finally figured out who Ruby Rose was. And he took a double look and he said, uh, mm -hmm. I don't, you pull up Sizz's Instagram, pull up Ruby Rose Instagram, and tell me which one's gonna make you pull out the lotion, dog. It ain't gonna be Sizz's. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> I'm telling you that oh right now God. off the cusp, dog. Oh, man. Well, I mean, like, you got me there to some degree, but I mean, like, I. if we just say baddest, period, yeah, like, Ruby Rose is gonna win that. Just facts. But if we put in the game behind it, by the question that you asked, by the way, like, that's, I mean, that would be the most viable answer is probably SZA because she's in the game, she's running the game, or her side of the game at least. She's obviously a, a very beautiful woman. And, like, she's doing her thing. Sweetie, sweetie, she knew what she was doing. She was going to get her bag with Quavo. And I, I ain't mad at her because she put herself in the game by default being around Quavo. So well, that's, that's, that's the point I'm making is like Ruby Rose, like I'm sure like she probably got around with some of the other rappers, some of these top guys, you know, out here, top G's as some people like to say. But I mean, looks, yes. Game, no. Let me throw in a curveball. It's pick your poison. Let's hear it. It's pick your poison. What about uh, pre-cut eyebrows Doja Cat? I was going to bring that up next. <laughs> that up next she's the only reason why doja cat is not my number one right now it's because she went amber rose for no reason but <laughs> i was gonna say that no i'm with the doja cat. i love doja yeah I'm with i love that. doja i love i mean i love her with and without i mean obviously before it's a little bit different you like her when she cut her eyebrows off you know still beautiful woman at heart oh come on pandering <laughs> you liked I mean, her when she cut her eyebrows off no i mean like you know, I can, I can, I can, Panda I can bear. get, I mean, I can get Sterling, people need their eyebrows. <laughs> I can get with it. But hey, I mean, like, that's, we only that's have 61 the views. You ain't got to pander that hard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, like, it, 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 it definitely, she changed her look drastically. It's not like something where you go and get like some surgery and it's just kind of like, okay, like you do look different, but you know, it's not, you're not definitely not the same. I do have a little my opinion on that without going too deep into it. So um, and making myself a absolute public enemy number one. That's my least. That's my. That's my. That's not what I'm trying to do. But like, I mean, we all, all gonna have our points on this. That's the whole point of it all. Like, like Mike. Mike says. I mean, like we debate about stuff that's none of our business. At, at the end of the day, when it comes down to these girls like obviously they're all successful in their own right to some degree and they all have their points and they all you know are like i said beautiful as well but 
like I said, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So we're going to take it as it is and roll with, roll with the punches uh, on that end of things. I want to see what you guys' final thoughts were, how you kind of feel about it and where, where it goes from there. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I do want to say, you know, we're having fun up here. I do think all these women are beautiful. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, this was the news. This was the topic. And we're going to get down to the bottom of it every single time. We don't shy away. Sterling brought Mr. Panda Bear out, but we ain't going to be doing that. We're not shying away from this. <laughs> Chad, I don't know if you had any closing statements on this topic. No, no I'm, I'm good. All right. Well, if you're good on that, let's move on to another topic. Hopefully, all the females out there didn't click off and you're still listening with us. We'll take the heat. Not too much on the girls, all right? Not too much on the girls. <laughs> so, let's transition to some... Some news that got some heat on a couple of fellas, all right? Michael B. Jordan called out his classmate on the red carpet, L'Oreal. Her back, if you didn't know, L'Oreal was on a podcast and she was talking with one of her friends. And they were talking about how they went to high school with Michael B. Jordan. And he was corny because he was always walking around with his mug shots. And they were calling him, you know, his name was Michael Jordan. They're like, look at this guy. He's no Michael Jordan. When he saw L'Oreal... On the pot, on the red carpet, he then said, hey, weren't you the one that thought I was corny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On his big night on the grand opening of Creed 3, Joe Budden came on his podcast after that and tore Michael B. Jordan up. Said he was wow. absolutely corny for stating that to L'Oreal. Said that's why people call him corny, because he does corny moves like that. So I'm here to ask y'all, who's actually corny in this situation? Was Michael B. Jordan in the wrong, or was Joe Budden in the wrong for his claims? Joe Budden. <laughs> Elaborate. Which, why, why you think that? Yo, come on. If okay, okay. If I was an up and coming actor, you know, the greatest support gotta be yourself. You know, carrying his headshots around, being like, "Yo, this is me. I'm gonna be big one day." Blah blah blah. It's not his fault that they didn't believe in him. And fucking, she called him Cordy on her podcast. You know, you gotta, you gotta clap back. All this man did was put them in their place as he came out to the red carpet opening for a movie that he both acted and directed. And you know, it's a Creed movie. It's gonna top the charts. It's gonna make a lot of money. You know, he he is arguably one of the biggest black actors at this time. Correct. So you know, what did she call him, Cordy? Was it recently? No, it was um, a little further back in a podcast one time. But Even a little further back, like Michael yeah. B. Jordan's been been well, popping. I mean, off for well, a while. initially when they mm -hmm. called him Cordy, he was in high school. They yeah, yeah, school. yeah, I know yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Okay. And she elaborated on it. So, like, I get where you're coming from there, too, Chad. I kind of had some similar notes on that same regard. But like, when it comes to the word corny, like, I, that's such like an old word, right? Like, that's such like an old. It's corny. Like, especially like use in the black community. <laughs> Say what? I said, it's corny to even use that word. Well, I mean, nobody really uses it. It's already corny in and of itself to use the word. Secondly, like, I watched that little clip. I think we had, we were talking about it, and, like, Joe Budden saying, like, it was like, oh, why, we would never do that to, you know, our women, our, our women, like, our people, like, our women of color. Like, why would he do that? Because if it was a white girl, he wouldn't have done that, right? But I'm like, I get why he's hurt, like, why he want to get his his get back on her. Like, I get it, bro. Like, I'm sure there was, like, I'm sure there was some some girl or somebody in your life that probably put you down in a weird way when you were in school, just some way. 
And if you make it and you have and that's your situation, like you're going to kind of put yourself out there. I get that, like 100% where Joe Budden's kind of coming from, but I also get it where Michael B's coming from. But she said on that in that same interview, in that little segment they had, that clip, she's like, oh, I did not say that. She was talking about the name, and she was saying that was a bit corny. But let, let's, like, kind of what Chad said, let's lean on the argument that Michael B is one of the most success, successful actors at this very moment in time, right? Also, we got to remember he was also – in Sexiest Man Alive in 2020. So, I mean, he's got every accolade to back anything he says. Like, 75, 75%, 90, honestly, 90% of women will probably be like, dog, like, who cares? Like, he called you corny. Like, he is literally Michael B., right? Like, I mean, let's just be honest. Like, a lot of, a lot of black men wish they were, I mean, a lot of men, period, wish they had the same success as Michael B., and then also look the same way, right? So, I think Joe Budden might have stepped over a little bit, but I understand it, like from the color, the, for the colorism perspective. But like, like he said, he don't want to make it about race or nothing like that, because it's not about that. It's just like you don't, you don't embarrass nobody in front of you. Like that's just not, that's not professional. That's not gentleman like, and I don't mess with that. See, so if it was in me, the end of the day, no, you go, go, ahead. Go, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. Finish I mean, if it was me, yeah, like of course, of course, I would want to get back on her and, and almost like want to embarrass her a bit. But like, let's not be spiteful out here. We're grown, we're grown adults. Like, let's get over that, bro. You got so much clout. Who cares? Like, you can say it off camera, whatever you want to do. Say some off camera stuff to her, and not let it be televised. And she can go report it however she wants. But like, don't say that stuff where everybody's looking at you and you're getting recorded. You could say that one of your boys. You could say that whoever. Like, I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have went about it that way. So I do have a bit of a disagreement with how he handled it. Joe Budden might have stepped in the line, but he has a right to kind of say what he did in the manner that he did. Dude, if it was me, I would have been more calculated than that. I would have had a screening at the high school <laughs> with seats for everybody to watch, and I would get her headshot, put in like a nice golden frame plaque, put that right there in the front row seat, and I would have introduced myself as Corny Michael B. Jordan as you all watch my movies. Listen, listen. So, I just feel like, I feel like for me, corny was the wrong word. But I don't think what Michael B. Jordan did was cool by any means. I don't think his got back was, you know, I don't think he really did what he set out to do on that red carpet. So, if we really think about it, we always keep the little kid inside of us. That little kid inside of us when we were young, we had big dreams, that never leaves us. He might get buried down with life and whatnot. But that never leaves us. So when he was high school, was he in high school and those people were calling him, were shitting on him, making fun of him, and making fun of him having his headshots, that very well could have fueled him to become the person he is today. But we hold on to those really small memories like that. That could be something that has literally stuck with him his whole career. And anytime he needed some bounce back, he went and thought about all those kids that made fun of him. So I can see why when it came to that moment, it was almost too perfect. She was in, the, she was on the red carpet. It was televised, and he was had his big movie, his big come up. He was directing it. It was about to take over. It did twenty million first week or first week on the box office or first day, something like that. I'm not sure. Twenty plus million, which is crazy. And so that high school, that kid version of him that always used that as motivation when he got the chance, he snapped. He got his get back. But let's be honest, man. 
that's just not like that's just not the way to go about it and I know it's so hard and I understand it so I'm not going to be hard on him and I'm not going to say he's wrong I understand it but it's so much more effective to have gone up there you know rizzed her up a little bit talk about her stuff and she knows she knows that she was the one that called her corny in high school she knows that and he knows that and she knows that she looking stupid right now because he's out here and he's one of the biggest actors like Chad said in the world even though he don't speak in none of his movies but he's still one of the biggest actors <laughs> in the world so <laughs> I don't know how he managed to do that he really just gets on TV and they just tell him look good bro but <laughs> but he be he be doing what he be doing but regardless you know I still think that Joe had a point and I don't want to make it about the our black sisters thing because I don't think that's what Michael B. Jordan was doing. I don't think that's the type of guy he is. You know, I think no. he dates black women and white women. I think that's a little bit of an overpushed stereotype right there. But I do think that he could have went about it better. And, you know, maybe in an interview later, he could have brought up, yeah, that girl on the red carpet. She said I was corny, man. You know, it's just kind of crazy looking back at how it all met up. That would have been so much harder. It would have been so much more nonchalant. It would have been like, this guy hasn't been waiting for this moment to clown this girl on national television or on that big spotlight. You know, so for me, I wouldn't call it corny, but I definitely wouldn't say what he did was, you know, the right thing to do or what he should have done to make himself feel better in that moment. I, I just wouldn't have gone about it that way if it was me. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That's like, I mean, I think we all are in agreement on that. I mean, we were all... I mean, not to say he wasn't raised right, because he was. I'm sure he was. I mean, we all know, like, we're going to treat women with respect regardless. Like, I mean, obviously, you don't want nobody disrespecting you, period, right? Like, that's just facts. Like, you, no matter what part of your life, you could be freaking six years old and somebody could disrespect you, and you might use that as fuel for the rest of your life until you're a guy during 80-plus. Who knows? But I get it. Like, like I said, I mean, I know for a fact each and every one of us personally have had somebody, that, like, probably put us down to some degree, and it's almost like that little thing, you, you are using that as fuel. It happens more often than not. And when people doubt you or people say stuff like that to you, I mean, I get it, bro. Like, ain't, like venge, revenge is a real, real, real uh, slippery slope. So um, definitely could have went about a bit better. But, like, people are going to talk just like, I mean, Joe Budden's kind of on that same wave. Like, he talks about stuff that ain't his business either. So, like, I mean, we doing the same thing. So I ain't even mad at him. Uh, just, so, I, I think it's just blown out I wanna, of I wanna, a little bit. Yeah. Well, like, uh, yeah. But like he's talking about it like like Michael B. Jordan walked up to the red carpet and just robbed her. <laughs> he just he just talked a little. He just shot the shit a little yeah. bit. It's not it's not terrible. But I mean, let's kind of I I do want to transition a bit because we are in agreement on that. Obviously, there's things we will disagree on. We are like three best friends. We we do agree on a lot, but there's a lot of things we disagree on. So I know that we, you know, kind of jump in a little bit to like baddest in the game type of thing, but not necessarily baddest in just one type of game, being the hip hop game, the hip hop culture. Talking about like the actress, that 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 type of game, right? And and if you know act like acting, period. If you even were if you weren't under a rock over the past year and a half, you probably heard of the show Euphoria, right? Oh yeah. And we and we also know the biggest star on that show, the reason that show got the traction up front that it did and then kept that traction was Zendaya. So Zendaya coming up to be one of the, you know, maybe being one of the highest paid actresses 
um, in the game, in the, uh, you know, the movie and shows industry right now, the entertainment industry right now. I don't know if any, if any of you guys heard, I'm sure you did. Um, and for those that are listening, may have not known, she is getting about to be getting a million dollars per episode for Euphoria. It's about to be so, the shortest episode um, season. My question, my question is, is two, really two questions, right? One, does she deserve to be getting paid a mil an episode, which is, let's put that in perspective. And then two, is she not only, is, does, she, does she also deserve to be one of the highest paid actresses in the entertainment industry and that sort of thing in movies and shows, that type of side? I think she deserves it only for like, whoops, mainly for one of the facts that she is one of the few Disney Channel actors that love Disney Channel and not hit that crazy face. She kept her head on straight her entire acting career. I don't want to jinx anything, but <laughs> but no, no, no. She's just like she came out. She is like a genuinely good actor. Uh, you know, the nerd I am, the biggest role I've seen her in is uh, since Disney Channel is probably like Spider-Man. Yeah. But, no, she she, she reinvented the MJ in high school type of deal. Uh, I haven't really seen Euphoria yet. It's still on my watch list. But I've seen clippets from it, and she acts her ass off in that, too. So, you know, if, if someone's holding a show up, uh, then I feel as though they should get paid more. I don't think there should be, like... There should be a relative relative equal pay between actors, but like, come on, when you think of a show, you think of the main star that's keeping the show afloat for you. You're not really watching it for everybody else. They help, but the main actress or actor is the one keeping it up. So I think it's well-deserved. Yeah, so um, on the first question, it's like Chad says, absolutely deserved. Zendaya has been a icon, not only in the actress space, but in the black community, you know, um, she's loved by everyone. She's absolutely killed every role she's been in. Like Chad says, she came from Disney Channel, so she really worked her way up since a child all the way through up. And she's still young, so we haven't seen the best of Zendaya yet. And on Euphoria, I haven't finished season two. You know, yes, I'm behind. Season two, sorry, my bad, whatever. But still, she killed every episode I have seen. She's absolutely killed it. She plays that role scary good. It's, it's honestly uncomfortable to watch sometimes, which is why I haven't finished watching it. Um, but do I think that she deserves to be the highest actress out of all actresses? Uh, I'm gonna have to put a pause on that. Cause if I really think about it, yes, Zendaya has iconic roles, but I just don't think she's been in enough really large roles in and out when, um, when I like to think of who I think has been more impactful in the uh, television space, I'm gonna have to go with Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie has been a main style point since Wolf of Wall Street in so many iconic movies, from Wolf of Wall Street to Focus. She's about to be in the new Barbie movie. She's in that new Babylon movie that's doing really well. I, Tanya, all these other movies that are killing it and she's showing that she's really versatile. She's all over the place. Now, that's not to take anything away from 
Zendaya because I think Zendaya has had really impactful roles too. I just think Margot Robbie's roles have been much bigger and have had hit more people in different realms of the actress space. So I would have to say that she deserves to be the highest paid actress, but I do think that it's well-deserved for Zendaya. So I don't want anybody to get it twisted. You know, I'm not mad at it. I don't lose any sleep for it. But if I had to say which actress needs more money, I'm going with Margot Robbie. That's just me personally. Dana, no, so, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a stand for Margot either way, though, because she's the girl when it comes down to it. Um, and I do agree with you to some point on that, Michael. What I did want to say, just some stats that I kind of took a look at, because um, I'm a big stats guy, man. I'm all about, you know, using that and using that as leverage. But, I mean, a million episodes crazy. Like, I, I did want to make sure I mentioned that. Like, just, that's insane. But, yes. Like, she holds that show together. That, like I said earlier, when I asked the question, she is the sole reason that show got the traction it did off-rip, and, and then it was able to maintain it because people enjoyed the show and it, it resonated with them. It's got that 13 reasons why type of, you know, vibe. And some people really like that. Like, I mean, really, really like that. I'm not that type of dude that wants to be sad and depressed watching TV. I'm just not. <laughs> um, but when it when it comes to acting yeah like Margot definitely has these roles where they're just boom 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 and she's doing movies right doing a show's a bit different bro like a show has got like it's got a lot of facets to it different than a movie movies take longer to produce because they have so much cgi stuff especially the type of movies some people are doing now with these action some action movies all this extra stuff so yeah, in, in reality, like by default, Margot Robbie should be getting paid more because she's having to take even longer than someone like Zendaya is going doing on the show on, on a show. But but the point I the point I'd like to make is that she is like Chad said, she's put together. Never anything bad. Same thing with Margot, and that's no offense there or any other woman. Like there's not very many female actresses that have a bunch of scandals or anything like that. Just to be honest, female actresses or just actresses to say but i i actually did some research right just to see who was like the highest paid actors of the past few years and like just in general actors and actresses and just like checking things out and obviously if there's a year where somebody has a massive movie they're gonna make a lot of money of course right so i took a look and i was like obviously i mean if you guys didn't know uh top gun maverick i mean top gun maverick was literally the biggest hit of 2022 like it it, it destroyed the box office tom cruise is upward of about 100 milli off of that off of that movie but if as i look back in the couple of years and I, and I hate to like hate on any actresses because there wasn't a lot i'm just being honest there just were not a lot of high paying actresses um the last person to reach above to even get in the top three for actresses period over the last decade i believe is jennifer lawrence and we know why that was hunger game mockingjay right but the most consistent person in those top, that top three, top five, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that makes the most sense to me. I'm, I, I, I don't know about you guys. I think those types of people, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, people watch it just like how Zendaya's show is. They watch it because of Zendaya, just like they would watch a movie because The Rock's in it. So she, deserve, she does deserve it, but there is some different, like, I guess, I don't know the word. I, like I said, facets to just go into it, like, She's not, she shouldn't get paid more than Margot or like some of these other uh, female actresses, but I mean, she definitely deserves a mill, a mill episode because she's bringing in way over a mill an episode with a, an average 
they were averaging 16.3 million viewers per episode after January the 9th last year. But can I ask an honest question? And I really want an honest answer from y'all. When we think about Zendaya's roles, Mm -hmm. how versatile and how wide of the range of those roles do you think she played? It's a wide variety. Back in fucking Disney Channel, she played like, you know, the, uh, the kind of like the support to like the goofy best friend type of role deal. Uh, then with like Spider-Man Homecoming, she played like the stoic, serious person who was kind of like nerdy off-putting. There's that one movie she did with that dude where she was like in a relationship with that guy and they're like... Denzel Washington. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one, she played like... Uh, a drunk? A drunk, mature like type of woman. She wasn't mature. She was <laughs> well, drunk. Yeah. Um, she was drunk for sure. Uh, Euphoria. Euphoria, she plays like the off-putting drug addict. Kind of serious. Okay, yeah. So the point I'm getting at is he named kind of different alternatives of the same personality trait. Now, I'm not going to harp on that too much because my favorite actor is Denzel Washington, who he also does the same thing. He doesn't have that wide of a range, but his yeah. his thing is his thing is his thing, and he's good at it. You know what I'm saying? But, but I feel like most actors are that way. Like, but we're talking about who deserves to be the greatest. Margot Robbie's roles. Margot Robbie's roles. Switch them up. Go ahead. What let's do you mean do switch them up? Okay, let's go. Let's go. Uh, Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street. Street. She's she played the bad wife, the little, you know, the trophy wife, whatnot in that case. Focus. Okay, she plays the girl that's with... <laughs> she plays the bad trophy wife type of person. She's not a trophy wife. She learns how to be... She learns, but her, her sole persona is to be the bad girl that can get out close to the people and pickpocket them because they're not going to turn no blind eye to a to a bad girl. Um, uh, Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn, the bad off-putting... No, that's old. completely different. She's like a psycho. The personality you have to play in that role is completely different. I, Tanya, she plays, she plays a professional um, ice figure skater. That's a completely different... That's like story on Is that a movie about Tanya Harding? Yeah, and then you get into the Chadwick Boseman type roles and stuff like that. I just feel like Margot Robbie has... Maybe it's not as wide of a range as I believe, but... I feel like Zendaya has kind of played the same type of role every single time. Now, she kills it. She absolutely kills it. But, you know, I need to see a wider range. I need to see you smile a couple times. Why aren't you ever smiling? You and no one ever want to give you a role where you smile. Like, why aren't you ever a jolly girl? Like, why are you always pissed or, you know, on drugs or drunk? You know, let's just see a little more wide range. Uh, I hate that you got me talking down on Zendaya. I love Zendaya. But, you know, I can't let y'all do that. Yeah. I think I think the way media is going now, though, it's leaning towards TV. Like, if you think about, we talk about the prep for an actor. An actor preps, they spend, like, you know, a couple years prepping for the role, filming the shots, uh, boom, movie's out. Unless there's going to be a sequel, it's done. That's it. They get that large sum of money up front, and we remember the movie for, like, the next year until, like, the Oscars happens, and we re-remember it, and then it dies down again. But with TV... You look forward to seasons of that. This has been going, what, for three seasons? Yes, and the next one will be the third season. Yeah. And each season, like, yeah. say an actor does a season of TV, then they go, unlearn the role, maybe pick up some roles in there, but then they come back midway through, and then they have to re-get into the persona. And for us, when we view it, 
it's a seamless transition from seasons. Okay, this actor's the same person, but for them, they're like, okay, I was this person today. If I wanted to make some more money and pick up more roles, I gotta be some other person the other day and then go back into the role and make it feel like I was always in this role. Uh, so yeah, so I think, honestly, with how we throw money at things, one, she played the game, she played the game right, she did a TV show for like the studio that's gonna throw money at people because they, they got it. Yeah, they got it. And she's one of the biggest shows Emil, on the network. So I think it mills a little. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I need to see the numbers and compare it to things like, uh, like what are some big shows like The Breaking Bad or yeah. The Walking Dead or like it would be hard to compare it to The Sopranos because the price of the dollar fluctuated since that or then, but. Desperate Housewives. That yeah, was a long I mean, running Euphoria season. is clearly one of the biggest shows in the world right now, and it's the most success, one of the most successful, and probably just might be um, top. Was definitely top five on HBO Max's catalog, which is an insane and very you know wide re- regard, highly regarded catalog. But I just want to say something. I, I don't mean to cut you off. Go for it. Look. I got to give some, uh, we talk about our black queens, you know, we love, we love our black queens, right? We do. We I do. had, I, I forgot, bro. I was taking notes on this like yesterday a little bit, some today, like taking some time to like, and think about actresses and versatility, bro. We're talking about versatility just off the rip. Viola Davis, bro. Jumping from show to movie to show to movie to movie to show. Somebody that's extremely impactful in all of her movies and shows. Main character type energy, regardless of where she's at, even if she's a support character, right? Like, and we see, like, we have this mindset where we kind of think of, like, a bit, like, a bit younger. Like, I mean, Margot's not, like, as young as Zendaya, obviously, right? But I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, I'm like, now I'm thinking, I'm like, man, all the roles that Viola Davis was in, and I didn't even realize it, but she was still good because she was supporting another great actor or actress, Right? Or she had that main character role. Like, I don't know if you guys ever watched uh, How to Get Away with Murder. I haven't watched it, but I've heard a lot about it. You need to watch it. Badass show. I get that people are going to probably say that you probably have the same argument. Oh, she plays like the stoic, very like, she's like that black, that black girl. Like, she's that black woman. She is that one. Like, that's got this great advice and she's super strong and she goes through her struggles on her own. She takes a very like, she's very independent in her roles like a lot of the time and that may seem like she doesn't have versatility i'm just thinking about that in perspective like we were talking about last week about the game in terms of hip-hop or like yes hip-hop like top 10 billboard longevity and then if somebody needs to get paid you get paid viola davis hops on a movie or a show you got to pay that woman facts it ain't nothing else you got to pay her you you put gal gadot on anything she got to get paid like she the thing is and can't surpass those people at the moment in my opinion that's just my opinion. I agree with Michael. Like she does, kind of play some of the similar roles, and I can't lie to you. Like she do be off the drugs, drunk. It's the same thing, and she don't smile. I just realized that after you said that, I was like, oh, she really does not smile, bro. She does not smile at all. She don't be um, smiling. <laughs> but and, and she got a gorgeous smile. But like the thing is, is, we talk about like highest paid. Obviously, we would all want to be an actor making hundred millions of dollars, millions of dollars, just doing that on a daily basis. Not knowing how hard it is, right? Obviously, this is difficult for anybody. Even the really bad actors are better than some of us. It's just how it goes. But uh, actually, probably not. But 
I I wanted to get your final thoughts and kind of move on to the next segment because I feel like we can just beat a dead horse talking about Zendaya and knowing there's people that are better than her and respectfully better than her, not like I'm putting her down because I have all the respect in the world for that girl because she's kept her stuff together. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of just right there with you. I, I spoke my piece. Um, I love Zendaya, so I don't get it twisted like I said. I just think that there are... Uh, I think that there's people like Margot Robbie out there who's had more impactful movies. And I know it's all it's all timing, right? You know, Zendaya just got a new contract. So she's going to be the highest paid. And in that regard, she deserves to be the highest paid because it's kind of like football contracts where if you're a quarterback coming up, it doesn't matter if you're the best quarterback in the league. You're, your contract's up next, and it gets bigger every time. So you're going to get paid more. But all I'm saying, if we put it in a vacuum and we really think about it, Margot Robbie, in just terms of um, her discography or, you know, her movies that she's been in and her whole line of work, I think that if we had to rank them on who deserves to be the highest paid actress, I would go with Margot Robbie. But, you know, like I said, not too much on our black queens. Chai, you got any final Oh, you're thoughts? waiting for me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, same, same for me. I, I said my thing. I just think that, uh, you made some good points, like with time and whatnot, the inflation, the price per actor is going to just go up, uh, to Zendaya only doing the same role. You know, she's still young. She got, she got time. The only person I could think of she's at the moment. age beautifully, bro. She's going <laughs> to age beautifully. The only person I could think of that, uh, I know in my discography is like, you know, think of young Leo. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio has been acting since he was uh, younger than her, probably, I think. Uh, Much younger. Much younger, yeah. And, uh, you know, if he just, if she just keeps up her roles, keeps up her, her acting prowess, you know, she'll start naming those big roles. Hopefully it doesn't take her as long to get an Oscar as it did Leo, but... Let's hope not. It definitely shouldn't. Definitely nobody cares. Nobody cares about the Oscars, bro. Those people suck. I'm, <laughs> I'm le- sorry for anybody that loves the Oscars. No, I don't love the Oscars. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I, I think it's funny because we, I mean, obviously we love talking about just pop culture. That's what we're here for. Talk about pop culture, things that are going on, um, keep you guys informed just a little bit, but also give you a little bit of entertainment at the same time. But I mean, to talk a little bit more about the entertainment industry, um, and how funny and different it can be sometimes because these people have big personalities and big egos. We know this. I mean, we all remember Chris Rock and the Will Smith incident, Jaden Pinkett Smith. You know, we all remember that, right? And we remember the slap and all that. But Chris Rock came out with a comedy special, if you didn't know. And if you haven't watched it, go ahead and take a look. It's definitely a a good laugh. Chris Rock claps back at it again, basically talking about the whole situation and how he's basically getting his, he's getting the last laugh. But did he really get the last laugh when it came down to it and that situation at up front like and now he's coming out with a comedy special making a boatload of money for one but two also once again shitting on will smith and jada pinkett's whole relationship i don't know if y'all watched the comedy special i watched it so let me just go on a small rant real quick about chris rock and his special and who i think got the last laugh so I actually watched it, like I said, and I sat there in my bed and I was ready. I was really excited. Chris Rock's one of the GOAT comedians of our lifetime, and he should be respected and looked at as one of the GOAT comedians of our lifetime. 
It was now, terrible, wasn't it? It was terrible. I did not laugh at all. Not even once. But you know what? I'm not even going to discuss how I didn't laugh, how I didn't think any of his jokes were funny, how I just felt like he was just up there and it just, I don't know, it didn't work. I, it just didn't resonate with me. But I'm just going to speak about the last 10 minutes where he was getting on Will. Chris Rock, you, my friend, are the corny one. If we're talking about Michael B. Jordan, Chris Rock is the corny one. Because the way he got his get back, to me, was just unacceptable and just completely unclassy. Will Smith smacked you, bro. Not Jada Pinkett. Will Smith was the one that went up there and smacked you, dog, while you had a smile on your face. Let him turn his back to you, walk away, because he knew your ass wasn't finna do shit. But he spent his whole 10 minutes going after Jada Pinkett. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he, he went to Jada Pinkett. He was calling her the problem. He called her a bitch on his special, and he just kept tearing her up about her allegations, about how she was cheating and quote-unquote sucking dick. How did that make Will Smith feel? That's what he was talking about in his comedy special. And I just thought it was classless. Like, why are you going at Jada Pinkett when Will Smith was the one that smacked you? Also, you know, when you're doing that, you look like the bitch, man. You look like the bitch. I know you're trying to get your get back, and like, I love Will. Everyone loves Will. I don't even know why we made it such a big deal. You know, it is what it is, dog. He should have saw that coming. If he didn't see it coming, he should have retaliated. I understand why he didn't. He's on the Oscars, but, you know, Will didn't give a fuck. So you <laughs> shouldn't have given a fuck. But my whole thing is don't go after the woman in that situation. Go after the person that smacked you. He even made the point to say that so many other people called him a bitch, like Charlemagne the God, The View, and other television programs, but he smacked him. Well, then why did you turn around and do the exact same thing and go after Jada Pinkett? It was Will that smacked you. So that's just my small rant. I, I To me, I thought it was classless. I didn't think the special was funny on any ground. Uh, but, you know, I really think Will got the last laugh because his comeback just came somewhere else. I don't know. It yeah. just wasn't hit. To the last laugh type of deal, uh, I didn't see the special, but after hearing Michael's synopsis of it, yeah, I really think that Will Smith probably got the last laugh. Like, if, if Chris Rock came out here, did a special, made it something super funny, uh, didn't even, like, you know, could have mentioned the Will Smith incident once or something, because everyone probably watched the special to hear about it, but just left it at that and left people leaving there laughing, boom, last laugh. Like, I don't know the last time I heard of a Chris Rock special. That... Gosh darn it, Kevin. Come on. And they slow. A Chris Rock special. I haven't heard of one in a while. So, like, if you went out there, made it super funny, used this incident and this platform to kind of turn his career back around and then start, like, making a lot of money off of it, boom, that's laugh, laugh territory right there. Like, hey, you smacked me. I went down. I came back up. I handled the situation with a better individual and now I'm profiting majorly off of it. That's the last laugh. But. Ooh, using everyone... You can't use someone as a punching bag that everyone already knows is the punching bag. Like, he's literally beating a dead horse <laughs> at this point. You know, everyone knows that there's some sketchy stuff going around with Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith and their relationship, blah, 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 you know. 
but you don't need to go out there and just start kicking the person or the beating the dead horse because it's just not funny anymore. It's just like you're just telling us all what we know. I mean, I, I, I didn't get it. I saw some clips. I did see like quite a bit of clips because that obviously is pretty recent coming out. Um, and I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of Chris Rock. I've always loved Chris Rock. Obviously, like he he wrote and wrote. And I, I can't remember if he helped direct that show. Everybody hates Chris. Everybody, if anybody's like around our age, probably watched it to some degree. If you're if you're from a black household, you definitely watched it at some point. I guarantee it. Right? Let's not talk. Let, let's not talk about the past because that's obviously all the great things he's done. Um, I saw some clips and I was like, oh, he's just like taking all this time to shit on a woman for something she didn't necessarily directly do to him. Right. Like you could you could you could like once again, it's kind of the same idea of like the Michael B. Jordan thing is like you could shit on her in private all you want, bro. Nobody cares. Like nobody cares. We don't want to hear that. We don't care. I want to hear you clap back, but I want to hear you clap back in a respectful manner towards Will. Like you said, everybody loves Will. Most people love Chris Rock. He's comedian. Not as many people are going to like him as Will. That's just how it goes. That's how comedians are. But for him to think that that was his get back. And we've been using that a lot during this during this pod. But, like, for him to think that was his get-back, like, Chad's right. Like, the get-back territory is when I'm making a lot of money and using your plat- that platform, and when you slap the absolute living hell out of me on national television, <laughs> and everybody on the earth that had a cell phone with internet service saw it, that right there, my friend, is a get-back. When you start majorly profiting, because... Ain't nothing better than making some money off of somebody doing something stupid, especially when they did it to you. So for me, like, I, I agree with Michael because I did see some clips that were a bit, like, disrespectful uh, to, Jada, to Jada because it wasn't her fault, like, that he went up there and slapped the hell out of him. But, like, don't, like, don't come at somebody that didn't do it to you, bro. Like, it's just, like, that's, that's, that's one-on-one. That's one-on-one of just life. Let's don't also think about, you know, so the first time we're going to see Chris Rock again is at this special, which he, he did terrible at. The first time we're going to see Will Smith again, I Am Legend got renewed with Michael B. Jordan. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So if we're going to talk about who's going to get the last laugh and whose first um, time we see them after the incident blows up the biggest, let's be honest, Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan are smoking Chris Rock's little Netflix special that we're going to forget about next week. Damn, they replaced his dog. Yeah, it's sad, man. And, and, and I don't want to, and honestly, like, this is one of the things we wrote it down because we wanted to talk about because we love, we love, we love the drama. We love the stupid stuff, right? But I would, like, if anybody had any final thoughts, say your piece. But okay, I, I, I got to jump into it. I got go one ahead. final thought. What did Will Smith yell before he slapped him? He said, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. He went, and back, he went back and he put his wife's name back in his and fucking mouth. And, okay, so if, if, if Will Smith smacks him again, it's justified. It's justified because this time he told him. He, he was like, keep my wife's name. We know that it, the reason why he smacked you is because you had his wife's name in your mouth. And you were gargling that name on the Netflix special. <laughs> if Will Smith was in the crowd, the special and walked up on stage, just, that, that would have made cool. for an amazing special. That would have been cool. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, he you ain't wrong because like if somebody give you a warning and you just don't heed to the warning, like it's your fault 100%. If I say, "Yo, I'm going to shoot you if you come and step on my property and you do it once and I shoot you in the leg and give you a chance, you you recover and you come back again, I'm going to shoot you in the dome piece and it's over, my G." It's the same ideology. <laughs> like it's over. There's no coming Yo, back. Sterling, you're but like speaking of you can't talk about murder and guns <laughs> and stupid stuff. Just just stupid. Stupid. I mean, I know for my, some of my ladies and gents out here, you may not be the biggest sports fan. I'm a big sports fan, but, but I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the NBA. I'm not a huge fan of the NBA. I love the, I love the finals. I love the playoffs. That's great. Um, but there's always drama around the NBA. And the latest drama we hear is this stupid brother. I hate to call him stupid. Stupid brother getting a crazy bag, a crazy bag. Jabaran. So if you haven't heard about the allegations and the stupid stuff he did, so man's apparently beat up a, like an underage kid, flashed a gun at him, like in a pickup game, I guess last, last summer, and then now he on Insta, Instagram Live flashing his gun again for no reason. <laughs> and so the question, so the question we have to ask, man, is like, first off. I just I went into this man's biography. I figured out who he is, right? But like, you got to think about it like this: Is he really? Is he just trying to appease to a, a a certain population that watches the NBA and wants to maybe get his jersey sales up or his shoes because his shoes look trash? And then or his um or you know just get his name up, get more followers on Instagram. I don't know what he wants. Is he trying to do it for just the clout? Or is he really about that life? Like he really does not give a single fuck. I want to lead. I want to let lead it off with you, Mike, because I know you got comments and uh, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on it. I think it's um, it's even deeper than that, and it goes further back to that. And I and I hate to take it here because you know um, it's never fun to take topics this way. But I think it's more rooted in what the expectations of a black man is or you know, acceptable black man, especially in today's society. So our black leaders today are rappers, mainly. They're mainly rappers, and what we see as black excellence these days, these rappers flashing guns, they're acting hard. So naturally, when we become big and we want to solidify ourselves as those leaders in our black community, we tend to shift towards the other people that are showing us the way. And I think John Morant is getting lost in what he thinks is what a black, cool guy, big, successful man looks like in today's day and age. He's flashing guns. And let's, let's also get this. John Morant's dad was a college athlete and played. He was a college athlete on the college basketball team. He grew up in the suburbs. John Morant is not this guy. I refuse to believe that he's this guy. Now, you know, it might be rooted in him and his personality and the things that he loves and his passions and stuff like that. But he's not a street dude. But he's out here. He's in the clubs flashing a gun on his Instagram live. You know, it's, it would be one thing if it was on somebody else's Instagram live because then he could be like, hey, yes, maybe I shouldn't have had that gun out at the club on me. But, you know, that's something I would never promote. And I apologize that it got out there. He can't even use that. It was his Instagram live 
He was throwing up the gun and he was showing everybody, hey, I got the piece on me. If you want to see it, you can get the pieces, the Reese's pieces. You know what I'm saying? So it was just too much. And then it also came out that when he had that gun, uh, it was right after a loss to the Denver Nuggets. And the only way he could have brought that gun with him is if he brought it on the team plane. Now, that is a massive offense. And if police are doing an investigation on it, and if he does get found guilty for bringing that onto the team plane, that is a 50-plus game suspension. Oh, God. The Grizzlies are the third seed in the Western Conference. He is putting his team in jeopardy. Not to mention before that, Steven Adams had a meeting with the team saying, hey, guys, we have to make better decisions on the road. Stop going out and partying and doing wild stuff. He turns around and flashes a gun on his Instagram Live after a loss to the number one seed in the Western Conference. Bro, why aren't you mad? Well, you know, why aren't you trying to get back in the gym? The greats, and someone else brought up a really great point. It was Nick Wright. And you know, I'll, I'll say this, and then I'll pass it off to you, Chad. He brought up a point that the bag that John Morant is fumbling right now is so massive. Because like we said, money is all about timing. The NBA is about to sign a new TV contract. And so the salary cap will increase. It is said to believe that the max contracts with John ja Morant is a max contract player that he will be eligible for, will be $80 million a season. Almost a million dollars a game. And John Morant has already made $100 million. So if you think about it, he's got 10-plus years of good play. John Morant is in line to become a billionaire. But he wants to play these hood games. He wants to flash his gun everywhere and show, show off for the camera, think he's NBA young boy. Nah, nah, you're going to be an NBA young boy that could have been boy because now you ain't no, you just a boy that broke boy. He ain't never going to be a broke boy because he got $100 million. But he could have a billion dollars. Don't fumble the bag, man. It's not that serious. Take a look in the mirror. Figure out who you want to be. Figure out the type of man you want to be. Um, you got a chance to be the face of the league. So, you know, I just think you got you to gotta take that a little bit more seriously. Uh, I don't follow basketball like that, but is John Morant good? Like, is he like Steph Curry good? Yeah, he's like top five, top six player in the league. I disproved my one thought. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't know why he'd be fumbling, not fumbling the bag, but that too, but flaunting the gun around like that, whatnot. The only thing I could think of is towards your guys' comments about the audience you're searching for, and I'm thinking of like the persona of an NBA player. When you think of, like, a well-put-together NBA player, I don't even think of, like, LeBron James. I honestly think of Steph Curry. That dude's, like, the Chance the Rapper of the NBA. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel as though that if you can't rock that persona, then you have to go down, like, the hood shit. Like, Interesting. LeBron James now has his, his family man persona, you know, wife, kids. He's arguably one of the greatest of all time. Uh, but... If you think of everybody else, you kind of only just associate them with basketball. So to kind of get that mentality of, yo, I need to step out. I need to separate myself from basketball to gain the fans, to gain the popularity, to then promote myself and become higher. You think of the other platforms there is. And that's like, you know, 
when you see of a, a black man on Instagram live, it's normally the rappers that are doing the flaunting the gun stuff. So if you want to take that audience, then you got to portray that individual. And I think he might have just gotten lost in the in the play of promoting himself up like that. Interesting. So what do you think? We can't uh, hear we you. Can't hear you silly. I like that take actually. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like that's a really concise way to put it. Like, I mean, kind of going back to what Michael said, because the first thing I thought about is like the way the black community is in just general, right? Like when you start making money, you got to start getting chains. You got to start getting tats. You got to start getting these massive grills, these like super diamonds in my teeth, like all this craziness, like to show that you have money. Like, bro, I can look up your salary on Google. I know you got money. Like, I know you got money. Like. I don't have to worry. If somebody can look up my salary straight up, they're like Sterling Reed and just type in my salary and just put salary behind it. Yeah, I probably am making a good amount of bread and I don't need to flex it. See, may, and, and maybe like, maybe like you said, his, the things he enjoys might be rooted in his passions, the things that he genuinely loves to do. But for a young black man like himself, like he's, hold up, how old is he? Because I need to double check this like quick because he is not that old. To no, be he's got to be like 25 to 27 or something like that. Yeah, like, I mean, man, he's our age. Like, he, like you said, he is fumble. I mean, he is on the verge of having uh, tuck rule type of consequences um, on himself. And if you guys don't know what the tuck rule is, look it up. I'm sorry, I'm not going to explain it. Uh, but this man, like, I saw, like, I was seeing the videos, and, like, I'm a big fan of Stephen A. I think he's, you know, one of the best personalities in sports, just, just in general. Um, and... Like Mike said, bro, like he sat there, like it would have been one thing if you were on somebody else's like live, bro. It would have been one thing if you were on somebody else's story. Like, but you put, you decided help. Let me hop on Instagram. Let's go. It takes so much to go live on Instagram. Like it's not by accident. Like, oh, I accidentally flashed my gun out. Like, it came out of my pants. Like, and then to bring it on a team plane after big ass Steven Adams, seven foot tall, 280 pounds of muscle tells you, hey, bro, we need to make better decisions on the road. If I'm Steven Adams, I'm beating the shit out of him. But he can't do that because they need him. They need John Morant. And he could, he could ultimately be costing his team a championship, not only now, but for, I mean, really this dynasty they're trying to build. They ain't got no dynasty yet because they ain't won nothing. But what they're trying to start, the most hate, because they got this, oh, we're the most hated team in the league. We're like all this, that, and the other, like, Let's top that persona, bro. Like, people don't like LeBron for one thing and one thing only. It's because people compare him to uh, Michael B. Or Mike, not by Michael B. Sorry, <laughs> Michael Jordan. That's, I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons. LeBron did. There was a point where he was playing like a massive bitch. Let's just be honest. Like True. a massive, True. massive one. Say a lot of people in the bed. <laughs> but, like, like Chad said, I mean, Steph Curry is like the epitome of what you want in terms of being an NBA star. Great, great looking family. Seems like a guy has a healthy life. Does other things outside of just playing basketball. Does cooking stuff with his wife. I mean, it's like, he's doing everything. Like, granted, like, John Morant colorist. knows his wife. I think, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I'm not a colorist. <laughs> exactly. No, 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 I'm he not a colorist. Exactly. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not, I'm not a colorist. Because LeBron, because I respect the hell of LeBron the same way. Like, he's never had no daggone scandals just pop out there. And people try to put stuff out there about him being you know, a uh, polygamist or whatever. That's their business. I don't care, bro. Do whatever you want. 
But like, ain't never nothing so detrimental to their family where people are like really talking about it like crazy. Two men in the NBA right now, you gotta respect those two, and two of the greatest that ever played the game. So, Ja, if you want to be on that stepping stool with those guys eventually, first of all, you're gonna stay in the NBA and don't bring guns on the plane. Secondly, you can't fumble the bag that could be so massive that you could pay your grand, 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 great, 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 great grandkids tuitions if they want to go to college one day without them having to work a day, any of your great grandchildren to work a day in their lives. You got to think about that. So I'm not fumbling that bag. If it was me, I know damn well my dad would have been like, nah, dog. Like, you're pulled. Hey, come back to the house. Hey, come back. Stay with us. We'll, we'll get you. You'll get to your games. You'll get to your practices. You can practice at home. They don't care. You're the star. He can literally practice in his in his hometown in South Carolina, in the suburbs. Like you said, 69% white population, GDP less than less. I think it was less than 14% of the, of his uh, population. That area he lived in was under the poverty line. Most of, if not all of the people were there in the middle class. Suburban kid. He's a wannabe. And if you want to spread your brand like that, do that and make it worse for the black community. But you're going you're gonna to fumble a bag and you're going to lose the one thing you probably really don't want to lose, and that's to the career that you worked so hard for. And to, those make, are my, to make one last point right there, um, Sterling, I just want you to give me uh, the three youngest superstars in the NBA that you think are the best players, like they, but they're younger. So they're like the new age, not the LeBrons, not the Kevin Durant's with Steph Curry's. You know, they're getting on the mm-hmm. older side. Who are the younger ones? Um, uh, D. Mitch, um, Doncic, and God, man, this is the this is Bucks? tough. I want to, I want to say Lamelo. I do want to say Lamelo. I was about to say, is any of the ball boys falling on that list? Damn, bro. Yeah, I... you didn't really help my case. So I was thinking, if you're thinking of the best people, young players, I would, I would personally say Giannis. Um, I'm thinking like super, super young though. Like no, like no, 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 no. Like to be the next face of the NBA as LeBron. Oh Steph yeah, Curry, yeah. Giannis, Giannis, yeah, yeah, Doncic, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, those type of players. What do they yeah, all yeah. have in common? They're all overseas. So when mm-hmm. we think about the greatest players to come up and take the reign for the NBA, John Moran has the potential to be the American face. And what do we know that gets the bias for commercial deals or any type of deals when you're the face of the NBA? It's the American face. So John Morant is messing up a bag that could be given to him, that could be passed down from LeBron, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant because our game, our NBA game, is moving to international players. And it's a lot to be the best American player. That has a lot of value. Do not mess up that bag, John Moran. Think about what you want to do. Don't flip it up. Muted. I think we have that's a public service announcement for anybody out there. If you're a young, if you're a young basketball player, period, right now, and you think you might have a slim pickings to get to the NBA, and you get there and you get a bag like this man can get, don't be like him. Sorry, sorry, John Moran. Like you can listen to my podcast, you can hear my thoughts. Like you can come at me, just don't shoot me with a gun. That's all. <laughs> uh, but I mean, just to hit, unless you guys have some other thoughts. I mean, I know that we can kind of go on and on and on and on and on and on about stuff. But 
one of the things that I know that this was one of Mike's ideas, and I, and I think this is a really good topic to just really bring to the forefront for most people, because I feel like most people would talk about this to a degree over the past probably five, six years. There's been a lot of things that have changed, but um, one dead and eight injured at, uh, you said, Glorilla's concert, I believe. Yes. And, and really on that same point, because I, I thought about it too pretty in depth, because I thought about it before that, before obviously one dead and eight injured. Um, but I mean, are like monsters. It's an uncomfortable I'm, laugh. No, I, I thought of, I'm laughing because I thought about it. I thought about that that idea before to some degree. Dude, but, I I I think we might be thinking about the same thing. I should wait till I commit that. Wait, never mind. You say what you're gonna say. No, I was gonna I was gonna say like I was gonna ask you guys and see like what I mean. Do we feel like concerts as we, as we know it are coming to an end or? Are they change? Are they changing in a in maybe a negative direction? Where back in the day they were a lot more positive and uh, a bit like a place of union. From what unity, I, know, I should say. I know. Okay, this is gonna bring a little bit of race into it, but I know the greatest concert that every white person talks about is Woodstock. You know how many fuckers died at Woodstock? A lot. You know how many drugs were done at Woodstock where people OD'd? A lot. Uh, my first thought when I heard this topic, I was like, oh shit, is she gonna get canceled like Travis Scott? I don't think that it's the artist and the direction of music that's getting people killed. I think it's Live Nation uh, and whatever their parent company is, who are packing these venues full of people that are way too small to fit all these people for the sake of money and getting more people's in it. And when people get rowdy, when people like the artists, they start pushing and shoving. And when you're all packed in this tiny ass venue like Sardines, people are going to get trampled. So what I think they need to do is, for one, you know, the whole ticket price, that's another topic. But two, don't max out the venues. Or, like, like go, like, 100, 200 below capacity. You can get right up to the line, but you got to account for, you know, people are going to sneak into the venue. People are going to find a way to get a plus one. A scalper is going to get that one fake ticket that actually works because no one checks it extra people are going to come in. So if you sell out the place, you're not going to have room for when things go wrong. I have to agree with Chad on this topic. Um, and I do think that it's all in the venue. And I think they're packing them in. But to Sterling's question, I think that concerts as we know it, because of social media and the impact and how this news spreads and we have videos of these things happening and back in Woodstock, yeah, people died, but you didn't hear about it. Um, but we have these videos, and now it's, if we keep hearing about people dying and getting injured, it's a problem. Something's got to get fixed. We, that can't be the news headline every time a big artist has a concert or any time that there is a large venue or festival going on. So I think that it's going to change the landscape of concerts. One thing I think is going to change and I think that, you know, they're already prepping. They already got the, the, the logistics of it planned out, and they're going that way. I think Metaverse concerts will be huge, huge in the future, uh, limiting people coming into big gatherings and all, like, packing in, like, sardines to listen to this music. I think another thing that's going to happen is I think these large concerts are going to be a luxury to A-list artists. If we really look at concerts and we think about how they're being put out today, 
how many of these young artists are having solo events? They're, they're really not having solo events. The only people that are having solo events are the large ones. All the concerts that we're hearing about from these other people, they're usually in festivals. They get their little small name on the sheet, and they go out there and they do their little set, their 30-minute set. So I think it's going to be a luxury to the big artists. I think that the music label and the industry is moving to stadium tours, arena tours, and just that so they're safer. And I think these new artists are going to have to get their bag from the festival. I think they're going to have to change the health ways because we can't keep having people dying. And I think the metaverse play in the future, I don't think it's coming right today, obviously, but four or five years down the line, I think that's going to be the shift. And I think that's when things are going to get a little safer and we're going to see a different landscape for concerts. It needs to be more acceptable well, to just, you know, live stream pregame a concert. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I, I know I saw a clip the other day speaking about Metaverse and, like, just in terms of, like, VR and all that stuff in general. I saw a clip, and I'm sure, I'm, I guarantee you guys probably saw it or it came across a timeline of yours on whatever app. Um, and you probably maybe not looked at it if you didn't see it or remember it. It was this guy. He was watching a courtside. He was courtside at the Knicks game, bro. Courtside at the Knicks game in his headset. He wasn't even there. Yeah, he I was in that. like a whole other thing. Like, and I'm like, and it looked. I mean, it was real. Like there. I mean, and it was real because it was. That's what was happening. He was basically just watching TV, but there. So yes, I I, I would be super excited for that for the health of like my own children one day because I know my children one day are going to. To go to like concerts and do that stuff as well just like i want to do that right um and like you said when it comes to festivals festivals is where i feel like a lot of the stuff happens right True. like where you obviously got people on a lot more drugs than usual because they're out there for a couple days you got people a lot more messed up on on alcohol than they probably usually are they're a little bit more dehydrated they're not thinking the same way it's their getaway for the weekend and see that i mean the, me personally I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty cautious guy, like, uh, to be completely honest. I'm a pretty cautious guy. I like taking chances, but I'm pretty cautious. So, yes, like, Chad led into it, and I was going to mention something about Live Nation. That whole brigade is just not – I won't say the word corrupt, right? I'm not no, going to use that word. I mean, cause, <laughs> but I don't want to use that without all the fact, like, every fact to make sure I can back, back, back. But I do understand what they're doing because money is power. Capitalism is king. That's just how the America works, period, flat out. That we were built on that. That's what we were preached to about. Um, and I get it. But, like, yeah, if you take the notion of taking a little less people, like, let's not pack out these stadiums or let's not pack out these venues. Let's not say call them stadiums because if you're in a stadium, the stadium is not going to allow you to get that close to the stage unless you got VIP passes at the stage and you can be down there on the floor. That's how it works. The Justin Bieber concert that happened in the Greensboro Coliseum a few years back, that was one of the biggest concerts. The Greensboro Coliseum is one of the biggest stadiums in the country, in the United States, and I don't think there was one known injury or death. I mean, granted, Justin Bieber's music isn't going to really incite, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Rowdiness. I, hey, look. Hey, no. Hey, no disrespect, JB. I love you, bro. I do. I love. I love. I love your music. Um, but that is the step we gotta take, and I'm excited. Like I said, for that metaverse, for the for technology to actually have a genuine positive effect on not just like small things in life, but very important things in life. Like doing concerts and getting part of music is an important part of most people's lives, and people make a lot of great memories there. And I'd rather 
have more people around to tell those memories than less. Um, so a, a, as, a, as a man of the public, to some degree, like, let's, let's work to that and let's make those a lot more affordable. Because if that does become a, a, a real thing, which it will in the next decade, for sure, in this decade, to some degree it will, like, let's make that a really positive way of going about it. But nothing's going to beat you being in a concert, in a mosh pit, doing whatever. I'm, I mean, I'm going to say that. I think anybody can agree. But, like, just be smart. Let's not be stupid. Like, let's not be stupid. And the, and the artists also have to understand it. And the people that run the daggone Live Nation, you heard me. Hey, sue us if you want. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm totally joking. Um, <laughs> we don't have enough for you to sue me. <laughs> but but Live Nation, you guys got to be smarter as well. Any, any other, any other um, companies that are running tours or concerts, because that is taking away people from us that, dude, like, that's not even their fault. So um, that's my piece on that. I, I'm really just like, also, um, let's stop allowing these crazy concerts because like, there's rappers out here. Um, and, I, and I hate to say rappers because that that's almost directly speaks to my people. Like, let's not like just incite violence at every single concert because I've seen some craziness. And, I, and look, I live in a, in a place where I see enough craziness on a daily basis. I don't need to see any more. So <laughs> that's my piece. Where I'm good on, I'm good on that as well. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the metaverse. I think that play, like you said, Sterling, and to that point, is also really cool because when you look around, you see the characters of your friends, and it's like they're right there with you. So I think mm -hmm. that can be a really big thing, a really cool change, and uh, um, to. Um, <clears throat> And the kind of graphics that you could do with the metaverse, you could do a bunch of cool things with that. And we're seeing that on display with other types of, you know, metaverse concerts that are out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's so just take the, I, I don't know if any of you seen it, but the Google car that drives around, like it's a 360 view for Google. Yeah. Stick one of those front row on the thing, let everyone be able to connect to it, live stream through it, and be able to look around, put on their VR headset, and they're literally right there. And you add your friends, and you can only see your friends. Oh, that's a cool one, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's all we got. For the fellas out there listening, they want a 1%, man. So, quit your bitching and get your bread up. For the ladies out there listening, he don't want you. Move on. But it's okay. You're still beautiful. You're still powerful. And we'll always love you. It's the After Dark Podcast. Until next time.